This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hi, folks. Welcome along to another episode of the Money Mechanics podcast, where we are unpacking the money stuff. Today, uh, we often talk about being merely custodians or or trustees of this money stuff while we're uh, on this uh, world. And today, we're going to be talking a little bit around uh, legacy, but also around charity. I'm joined by uh, Jessica Bowman and uh, Kylie Wallace from Seedling. Great to have you both here. Hi, Kylie. Hi, Jess. How are you going? Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Great to be here. Look, I've been asking all our guests uh, early happy money memory. And so, Jess, I might bounce to you first, but have you got a a happy, early or joyous uh, money memory that you're happy to share? So, so my earliest memory of money was with my dad. He'd collect his spare change and put it on the top of his wardrobe. Um, and over time I saw this money accumulate, but I could never reach it. Um, and then one day he said that I could count it and this was so exciting. And then I counted all the money and I was pretty impressed because there was like $120 there. And then he said that I could bank it and put it in my own bank. And that was a really exciting moment for me. I think I was about eight years old. Oh, that is so cool. Jess, like the, that, that savings. And do you remember how long like it took you to count the money? That sounds like a lot of coins. There were piles. There were lots of piles, yeah. But even just learning that process of like, oh, you know, you can have a little tile of $2 coins and it's the same as like this massive pile of five-cent coins. And did you just save it or uh, did you did you do something else uh, fun with it? Yeah, yeah, I'm a saver. I'm a total saver. Love it. Well, thanks for sharing that, Jess. What, what about you, Kylie? Have you got a, an early happy money memory or joyous money memory to share? Yeah, well, um, unlike Jess, as a kid, I was a spender. And as soon as I got my pocket money, I remember we started getting pocket money when I was um, about five and a half and it was like doing little jobs around the house. And as soon as I got paid my pocket money, I would go to intensity with my cousins and we would spend it all as fast as possible. And um, luckily since those days, I'm much better at saving. But back in the day, mum would always say, oh, my goodness, you are so bad. You just spend it all straight away. So um, luckily, a couple of my money habits have changed over the years. Yeah, wow. And what was your what was your go-to at Intensity? I'm, like, I'm now having flashbacks. I'm going, yeah, I remember the mall and going to Intensity. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I used to love hitting you know, these little crocodiles that would come out and you had to bang the crocodiles on the head and you didn't know which one they were going to come out from. And so if you did that really quickly, you got more tickets and then you would switch the tickets for stickers and uh, stationery. And it was obviously just a massive ripoff in terms of what you got back with your tickets. But we had a lot of fun there and um, it was always great. Or we'd exchange it for lollies and things like that that usually my mum wouldn't let us have at home. I love it. I love it. Thanks both for uh, for sharing those. And maybe it's, uh, again, the, the spender and the saver. You, you've come together in business and you're uh, able to uh, harness or, or, or balance off each other in, uh, in regards to those, those skills and, uh, and what you're doing. Now, you've both got really impressive resumes and I, I don't want to sort of, I'll, I'll spend hours if we uh, sort of go through everything that you've been doing, but 
Do you want to give a bit of a, a rundown on what Seedling is and, and sort of what uh, inspired, I guess, uh, starting Seedlings? I don't know who to direct that to. I'll jump in, sure. Seedling is really out to address a big problem that I've seen working in the not-for-profit sector over the last 12 years, and that is that there are over 57,000 registered not-for-profits in Australia doing work here in our backyard and also abroad, and people are just simply overwhelmed with choice. They don't know where to start in being able to identify which is the right one for me, which ones are high-performing, which ones are ethical, and which ones are doing the best work. So Seedling is really helping people to identify not only great high-performing charities, but ones that really align with your interests and your passions and your life values as well. And so we're a charity matching service and and really helping to allow people to do good better. Yeah, wow. I, I love that. And and Jess, your title is is being an, an analysis uh, of, of charities. So what what does that actually mean? Like are you, are you going into all the charities and sort of getting a, a sense for what they're doing or have you got a, a framework or way that you're actually pulling that together? Yeah, so I've got a framework. I became really interested in the charity space or very serious about the charity space about six or seven years ago. So I started up an online platform that did systematic reviews of large Australian charities. And when Kylie came along, we evolved that into Seedling. But the method that I applied really drew on my experience working in government and in consulting firms on how to spend money really effectively and create really great social outcomes so it's looking at um, an organization from a number of different angles. So we first of all look at the financial integrity of the organization. So that's doing, you know, your typical reading through the financial reports, making sure that the charity isn't going to be faced with foreclosure in the short-term future, that money is going to where they actually say the money is going, looking at a bunch of different financial ratios to make sure that they're actually efficient with the way that they spend money. So that's the first element of the assessment. The second element is governance. So who's actually managing this organisation? What's their background? What's their experience? Uh, what is their actual personal alignment with this particular organisation? Um, and do they have a track record? Um, are they actually going to make this idea or concept or mission um, fly? And then the last element is social impact. And that's kind of different when you're looking at any company or any business, you should always look at the finances and the, and the governance. That's pretty standard for most, um, you know, most people in roles of analysis or financial analysis. But with charities, we also have to look at the social impact record. And that's really where you look at the extent to which they're delivering on their mission. Not many charities do this really well only the best do it well, but it's really about clearly defining what their goals and objectives are and then the extent to which they can actually demonstrate that they're delivering on those goals and objectives. Um, so some or the best of the best charities will have a really um, great measurement system in place and they'll use that system to set goals, report against those goals and then update their whatever it is that they're doing to try and optimise that performance. Um, the vast majority of charities won't do anything. They'll have a really vague mission in place and they'll undertake programs and it'll be really hard to understand whether or not um, they're making the most of, of the donation or the money. So that's the framework that we apply. 
it's very systematic. There are over 50 indicators that I look at for every single charity. Um, and it's really about understanding the strengths and weaknesses of different organisations. Yeah, awesome, Jess. And I imagine especially in that space, like we often hear about charities and, and sort of how much of our money actually gets to the end game, so to speak. So I'm imagining that that sort of analysis actually helps give people some insight to that and say, hey, if you are putting your money into this charity or this not-for-profit, this is how much of your money is actually getting and, and out there working uh, in what you think it is at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Like they're very legitimate questions to ask. There are charities out there that have raised heaps of money and haven't spent a cent of it because they don't know how to spend it. But then we get mixed up in these really in other sort of indicators like administration costs, which really distorts an understanding or the picture of a charity. Administration costs is a really poor indicator for whether or not a charity is a strong performer or not. Um, and yet that's what a lot of people actually are interested in. That's really a big piece of seedling is trying to educate people on what it takes for an organisation to be high-performing um, and it's not how much they spend on their CEO. Like good CEOs are expensive. Um, it's actually what are the outcomes that they're delivering, what systems do they have in place to actually improve their performance yeah, and what, you know, what are the outcomes for their beneficiaries? Yeah, no, fantastic, fantastic, Jez. Kyle, I guess just to bring you into the, the conversation, what are some of the, the things that you suggest people look at or, or think about when they start to go, okay, what do I want to be giving to or what should I be looking at uh, if I want to start making a bit more of a, an impact? I think the first thing that we really try and do is get to know people's passions and their values and their life experiences. I think when people step back and look at all of the problems in the world, you can feel really overwhelmed with knowing which is the right cause I should be giving to, which is the most important cause I should be giving to. And for us, we, we walk with people on this journey around giving and legacy and the kind of legacy they want to leave and we say that there's no right or wrong. It's just about taking the time to pause and reflect on what's actually really important to you and the kind of cause areas that you feel most excited by and most inspired by and most passionate about and really looking at the kind of impact that you want to have. And so for us, we invite people to pause for a moment and, and ask some of these bigger questions. And it's often things that people don't have the time to stop and think about. And so that's really the first step in, in how we approach that seedling, but something that we encourage everyone to have a think about as well, rather than trying to spread yourself really thin and think that, just doing a little bit on all of the causes is going to make a big impact. But for us, it's really about trying to be a little bit more strategic in the way that you give and to feel really excited by the kind of impact that you can make. I love that answer. And Jess, do you want to add, add to that? For anyone that is interested in doing good, like it's a really overwhelming time to exist. It's literally every other week there's this ginormous crisis that's being like pounded at us and these really clear call to actions, you know, give now if you care, you need to give now. And it's it's really difficult because you do have that desire to give but then at the back of your mind 
there's this overriding a bit of a suspicion around the organizations that are that are asking for money and whether or not they're actually going to deliver on what they say so there's this this conflict and the only way to really overcome that is to understand like Kylie said what you're really passionate about because then you'll be able to have the motivation to understand and learn what's actually happening in the field over a long period of time. If you're constantly jumping from crisis to crisis to crisis, from ask to ask to ask, your level of knowledge is very superficial and you'll never be able to deliver the kind of impact that you're capable of had you actually stepped back and shut off the noise and actually learn about one particular issue that's important to you. You're right. There is so much overwhelm. Again, there's there's floods, there's famine, there's fires, there's all sorts of things, and there is that constant need for funds or for for what you're doing. So I think that's that's crucial to say to people, hey, I love what you said before, Kylie. The pause, the pause is is fabulous. Just take that pause and step back and go. What do I want to do? What what am I passionate about? What do I want to get involved with, and, and start to pull apart some of those those elements at the end of the day? Because it can actually be a really rich conversation, and I think people don't often have that that chat uh, early enough in that they might start thinking about it later in life when they say, "Oh, yes, what, where, do I want to put a, a portion of my estate to charity?" But I think it's actually a part of looking at your your day to day cash flow and saying, "Hey, can I actually start to put a regular amount?" into things that are important uh, to me to, as you say, make that impact and, and make that change over time. I guess that's that's what Seedling's trying to do, isn't it? Create this this framework, create a, a way of just making it easy for people to, to give and to measure their impact and sort of uh, tell what they're doing at the end of the day. Completely. And I think giving is often either about the head or about the heart. And we really say at Seedling it's about bringing those two things together, really leading with the heart and then validating with the head. And that's a really lovely combination because I think it allows people to be as truly generous as what they would like to be as well because there's all of these barriers that that's really holding us back from being as generous as what we would like to be. We know in Australia, on average, people are only giving away 0.25% of their annual income, so not even 1%. And we don't believe that that's because people are are not generous of heart, but really it's because they're overwhelmed with choice. They don't know which charity to trust. They don't know even where to start in making that first step often. So what ends up happening is either people are not giving at all or they're usually just giving to the large charities because they're the ones that feel like they're the safest. They've got those bigger brands and they've got more of that rigor around them in terms of being able to give with confidence. But when we actually ask people, what kind of charity do you want to give to? A lot of people say they want to support the small to medium-sized grassroots charities where they feel like their money is making a bigger impact but they really don't know that first step in being able to identify which ones are really even out there. Yeah. Again, I'm a, a big fan of Zoolander and I often uh, think back to the uh, the Zoolander school for uh, for kids that can't read and write good. <laughs> 
Zoolander's there going, oh, it needs to be at least five times bigger than this. Is this a school for ads? <laughs> so what, what are some of the tips or practices that people can start to think about when it comes to this, this giving? So obviously, again, I keep mentioning Seedling and I'm going to throw all your information and, uh, and some of your great resources uh, in the show notes today. But how do people get started? What are some of the things that people can start to, to look at to, to start that? I guess the first thing to do is to sit down and, and be honest and truthful to yourself um, by how much you've actually given. There's this really interesting survey um, that one organisation called McCrindle did to find out how many people said that they give, and it was 80%. But then if you contrast that to the taxation data, only about 30% of people actually give. So it's like this perception, everyone likes to think of themselves as super generous, right? But then if you go back and actually look at your records, are you as generous as you think you are? And if you're not, what's holding you back? You know, if you didn't give in the last 12 months, why didn't you? Is it because you just forgot? Or so if, you, if you're forgetting to give, then set up some sort of ritual to make sure that you're actually doing it every year when you're doing your tax sit down and, and write a check. Like that's a really simple thing that you can do to make sure that you are consistently giving um, to a level that is uh, that aligns with the kind of person that you want to want to be. So like Kylie mentioned, the average Australian gives um, 0.25% of their income per year. Is that satisfactory to you or should it be much higher? Um, so that's really the first step is having a reality check with yourself. Um so then once you know where you're at, then work out where you want to be. So do you want to be someone that gives 1% of your income per year? We know that the highest income earners in Australia are the ones that are giving proportionately the most. Um, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. So one is obviously there are huge tax benefits to giving to charity and those are substantially higher the higher your income is. But we know that these people in high income brackets also have really great networks and they've got access to philanthropic services. So it's much easier for them to throw out a donation and make sure that it goes to the right place. So once you're giving sort of 1% to 2% of your income per year, that can amount to quite a sizable donation. And at that point in time, you can get access to really good advice on how to make sure that that money is spent in a way that you want to see it spent and get it to organisations that are really delivering the kind of work that you want to see. So have a bit of a scope for what your options are. Obviously, seedling with like a shameless plug, like we do that. We do that for people that are wanting to give a donation of more than $3,000. We provide a comprehensive service on finding you the best possible uh, charity that will make the most of your donation. And then the final step after scoping out what your options are in terms of people helping you and advising you on giving your money um, is just to keep the spirit up and um, get involved with the organisations that you're working with. They are doing great work and the more that you can be involved in their journey, the more inspiring your journey with them will be because I think with the big organisations, they send us all of this emails and pamphlets in the mail and it can be really frustrating because it's still quite difficult to connect with them. But when you're connecting with smaller organisations or if you're donating with smaller organisations, your donation makes a huge difference to them and you can see that. It's really tangible and that's really exciting. 
I love that, Jess. And again, it's often not about creating your own charity because I think there's so many out there. I think it's more around just trying to understand what is available already because if you can go out and start to seek that and then as you say, check, are you doing more than the average? Are you donating more than that? Point of, and that that shocks me. I actually go, wow, that that seems like a really low uh, low amount. But um, are you wanting to do more than the average? And so, is it about right two percent or five percent or whatever it is of my my earnings? I want to make sure that I'm putting towards charity or donation or the greater good, if that makes sense. And so, just setting your framework and your foundation there, I think that's a, a really great tip. And then I love what you said about just keep the spirit up, like getting involved. And uh, as you say, like organizations are, are often these amazing things. I, I sit on a number, a few not-for-profit boards. And if you actually go in and, and talk to them about what they're doing or ask them um, to, to do a tour or just get an idea of, of the programs and, and the impact, I think sometimes they are more willing to, to do that if they're a smaller organization to actually sort of go right this is actually where your money's going and what we're doing and how that's working uh, on on your behalf so that's um that's really exciting workplace giving seems to be a i don't know if it's a buzzword or a new new sort of realm of where where everybody's going these days and i know i think seedling's got some plans in the works around uh, that workplace giving space so Kylie, is there's something in that space that you're doing um how does it work so what is workplace giving and and sort of what yeah what happens in the background there Yeah, well, I think workplace giving programs have been great because they've provided a really simple and structured way to start your giving journey. And I think that's been one of the challenges that people think about when they're trying to find a charity to give to is they just don't know where to start. So workplace giving programs have provided that really simple first step, getting from zero to one. That's been fantastic. So your employer might have a program where they've shortlisted a couple of charities that you could con- you could consider supporting. Often that gift actually comes out of your pre-tax income as well, which is another bonus. Um, they're also charities that are what's called DGR registered charities. So um, you can get that tax receipt as well and claim at tax time. And it's a really great way to really dip your toe in the water and think about giving a regular gift to charity. That's something that's um, really important to charities is being able to have that regular income so they can really strategically plan for the future rather than when money comes in that's often really lumpy where one year you might get a couple of major donors and then the next year they decide to move on to something else. It's really hard for that charity to plan just like it would be in an everyday business as well. So that's why regularly giving income is something that charities really, really like and it's a really great way for you to be able to get to know the work that they're doing on the ground. That's something that we're really interested in developing. We've done some testing of some regular giving offerings um, with Seedling. We've we put that on pause at the moment, but watch this space. It's definitely something we would love to be able to um, bring to businesses. We do offer our service to individuals or businesses who are looking to give. 
but we definitely see this area of of regular giving and workplace giving as something that is a really big need and something we hope to be able to offer to people in the future. But if you're interested in giving a regular gift, ask your employer and see if they have a workplace giving program because you never even know. They might actually already have something there in place. So ask them and see what charities they have on their shortlist and um, do your DD, understand the work that they're doing and if it's something you can be passionate about and excited by and and, and get involved. That's a, a really great first place um, to start with your giving journey. I guess, is there anything else, any any other stories that you want to share, any uh, other things that come to mind uh, in this space before we start to wrap up today? People that are generous and kind-hearted by nature are just they just melt my soul they're beautiful beautiful people we had one client come to us and he um, explained to us the charity that he's currently giving to and I knew instantly that that was not the charity for him there were a number of reasons for that they were scrutinized and investigated by a number of journalists for some pretty dodgy behavior and so then he obviously used our service and we found him some really great organisations that perfectly aligned with what it was that he wanted to achieve. I've had a similar experience myself when I started out when I was quite young, had really great intentions, put my money towards organisations that I then, after a few years, found out were, were corrupt. And the worst possible outcome from that scenario is that people then dismiss all charities because of that one experience and I think a lot of people particularly those that are overly critical of charities have in the past had an experience like that or they know of someone that's had an experience like that so they just rule them all out they say don't give to charities charities are corrupt whatever they'll waste your money but the truth is is that our society really depends on these community organizations and charities even like in Australia where the tax rates are high and we've got great social support systems our charities are there for when those may disappear. So you have government programs that are funded for five years and then they disappear. The charities are still there regardless of whether or not those government programs are there. And we as a society really need to be able to support those organisations, keep them alive so that there is that safety net no matter what happens. And it's a it's the right thing to do to give is particularly for those people that are in fortunate circumstances. Um, giving's the right thing to do. Giving to great organisations can make you feel absolutely fantastic because you're really able to live to to your values. And that's why we started this organisation because we just know that there are so many people out there that are just there's just such a gaping hole in their soul because they want to be these generous people but they just don't know how yeah giving brings so much purpose and meaning into people's lives and we want to be able to create a way for people to do that with ease and we know that the more that people give the more they share with their friends about their giving as well um, the more it encourages others to be able to follow suit and do the same and we're really excited by the future of, of what giving can can bring to each of us individually, but also the kind of social impact that that comes from giving and the, the way that we can 
all have a really significant way to truly shape the world for the next generation to come as well. Wow. I I love that and I love the the words that you've both wrapped around that essence of again giving and legacy and really just trying to, as you say, create that safety net. I mean, often say the the system is far from perfect, but I think the parts of the system that are there, the not for profits, the the charitable organizations that are up and trying to do and make a difference um, at the end of the day, uh, really do help to to make our society a better place to live and and be involved with. So I think for for people listening, um, it's really about setting some intention around a, a amount that you're wanting to to allocate and give. Um, I think it's actually about going away and doing that due diligence and and having a look again. Obviously, we've been talking about seedling today, and and look, I, I heard about uh, what what Kylie and Jess were doing, and I was like, this is really exciting. I want to talk about this, and and so that's why I got you on the on the podcast. But obviously, there's other other ways that people can give as well. But it, it's more about the the act and the the action, I think, as opposed to to where you're doing it. Um, but it's also about the importance of making sure that that impact is aligned to people's purpose and vision and, and values at the end of the day. As I say, I'm, I'm going to add Jess and uh, Kylie's details so uh, you can reach out and say hi or ask any questions if you've got uh, got some there. But um, any final thoughts? We have a really great ebook. It's a free ebook that people can download called Do Good Better. It gives you a really simple step-by-step way in being able to identify high-performing charities to consider supporting. So we'll share a link with that with all of you and we encourage you to, to download it. And hopefully it's a really great resource for you to be able to use if you're considering placing a new gift with a charity or potentially even just reviewing charities that you currently give to. And, yeah, we'd obviously love to be able to support you in any way if we can as well. Thanks, Kylie. It's been wonderful. And as I say, I'll I'll put those resources uh, in the show notes as well for people so they can um, have a look. And again, that ebook is is fabulous. So um, yeah, go and have a check of of that as well. But I think most importantly, it's just building your framework when it comes to, to giving and what you can do and starting that process as a part of your overall framework so even if it is 0.25 percent of your your earnings get started somewhere and then start to build that up as uh, as you can and, and as you can afford so um look thanks for listening today it's been uh, great to have jess and kylie join me and we look forward to uh any questions that people might have but uh, if you've enjoyed today's episode please rate us on spotify or apple podcasts and we'll uh, see you next time <laughs>